You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, and we are off and running on this Tuesday, September 15th. Yeah, that's it. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We, of course, take you up till 6 o'clock, one hour to run through everything. What's going on on this Tuesday morning? Well, plenty going on on this Tuesday edition, so uh, let's jump right in. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question going to be up in uh, just a second or so. And, uh, of course, we got the moment of inspiration at 5.30. But, uh, you know, the big three today is a big focus on the Giants. Last night, Giants open up their season and lose to the Steelers 26-16. to And had some moments in this game, had some positives in this game. But at the end of the day... The mistakes overtook the solid play and the positives of the night. And I think the best thing you could say about the Giants is they weren't the Jets. The Giants should petition the NFL to simply play their game following the Jets. The Jets play at one, we'll play at four. The Jets play at four, we'll play Monday night. Because everything that you would watch in that Giants game last night, at least it was competitive. Every time I was thinking to myself, well, that's not a great play there, but at least it's still a game. And you could say that into the fourth quarter. And, you know, they should not be connected, but it's kind of hard to avoid the connection because the Jets played the day before and their performance or lack of performance was just so, so stark. And it's interesting that both teams lose by 10 points. And, oh, yeah, both have been brutal for the last few years. The best thing you could say for the Giants last night was they were not the Jets. And judging them against the Jets, I guess everybody's going to be looking pretty good. But judging the actual game, well, look, the Giants came out and they looked prepared, which I don't think you could say that about the Jets. They came out with good energy. The pass rush, which is such a a focus this year, the defense, which is such a focus this year, showed some things. Dexter Lawrence had a sack last night. Leonard Williams had a sack last night. Were you able to bet that on FanDuel? I feel like you would have gotten some pretty good odds if you did. Lorenzo Carter was certainly active. He didn't have any sacks, but he was around the quarterback quite a bit. And I think the defense did a nice job early on, especially against the run. Ben Roethlisberger, his first game since the injury last year, certainly looked rusty early on. Took a, a delay of game without noticing, missed some easy throws. You know, some things were things the Giants were doing, and then there were some things that the Giants weren't doing, but Ben was still a bit rusty. As for the Giants, Daniel Jones had some beautiful throws. The 41-yard touchdown pass to Darius Slayton was, uh, was gorgeous. But, you know, at the end of the day, talent wins and mistakes lose. And the Giants still, I don't think, we'll see as the season goes along, it's only one game, but I don't think the Giants have enough of the first one, and last night they made too many of the other. And make no mistake, Giants had a chance to win that game last night. Yeah, it's the Steelers, the Steelers are Super Bowl contenders, the Steelers have far more talent than the Giants, and they are much more uh, of a win-now team. And the Giants trying to show some improvement this year and just not be out of it by week eight. That would be considered improvement from where the Giants are. I mean, the last three years, not only have the Giants been the worst team in football, they have been out of it by the time. I mean, the season is essentially over by the time you get to, what, mid-October, if not earlier. So they're not as talented as the Steelers, but that game had some plays in it. Now, again, if you're going to compare it to the Jets, I guess you can't complain about anything. 
But the one that everyone will obviously focus on is Daniel Jones and the second interception on the night. Giants down 16-10, take over at their 9. They have this big, long drive, 19 plays. They converted four third downs and a fourth down on that drive. Jones had some nice throws, had a big third down. I think it was to Slayton. Uh, It was like third and 13. He hit for 15 yards. He had some runs on that drive, getting out of the pocket and making plays with his legs. And you really started to see a drive come together in a game that was very winnable. And, you know, he makes a play, rushed out of the pocket. Bud Dupree, who was like a man possessed last night for the Steelers, chasing him down. And Jones simply makes a throw that he could not, uh, no one could make. You know, when you're comparing the Giants and the Jets, if Sam Darnold made that throw, sports talk radio would spend the entire day focused on him. And a portion of the Jets fan base will, would uh, defend it. Oh, well, what's he supposed to do? Uh, look, if the Giants want to surprise this year, they got to cut down on those kind of – I mean, everybody has to cut down on those kind of mistakes. And that one was an absolute game killer. Because while the Giants were in the game up until that point, and it seemed like you know that drive was really coming together, once that play happens, it almost feels like, at least watching at home, that all the energy of the team was kind of sucked out of it. You know, Giants, I thought, did a nice job against the run up until that point. But from that point on, I thought the, uh, I thought the defense kind of let go of the rope a little bit, and that's all the Steelers needed to kind of take control of the game for, for you know, one last time and um, pull away in the end, and they end up winning it 26-16. to 16. So, look, it's one game. You're not going to get too high or too low off of one game. And I did think, at least early on, the Giants showed some effort, some energy, and some preparedness, which, again, is, uh, is nice to see. Uh, but if you want to overachieve, just from my own time watching football for 40 years, a team that may not be as talented as some, but wants to you know, overachieve in wins and losses. One of the best ways to do that, one of, the, one of the stats that will show you when you get to like midseason, you're like, wow, this team isn't all that good, but they're winning games week in and week out. The biggest one is turnover differential. Win that battle, and that closes the gap on talent a lot of times. Problem is, Giants defense, again, it's just one game, but going back to last year, they didn't have a defense that gets a whole lot of turnovers, and their quarterback simply has to be better. Last night, he actually did fumble. Now, it would have actually helped the Giants because um, that would have, it was recovered by the Giants in the end zone. So if they, you know, if they had been able to challenge that and the ruling would have been made, who knows, uh, that obviously would have been something that changed the, uh, the, the timeline of the game. But that throw on a night where Daniel Jones did so many good things, uh, that, that unfortunately that play overshadows all of those good things. And that pick, again, I feel like just sucked the life out of the Giants. You started to see the cracks on the defense of the running game afterwards. And maybe it was just talent winning out, right? Steelers, I don't think anybody, even the most uh, you know, diehard Giant fan, is going to argue that the Giants are more talented than the Steelers. But you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes in that kind of game. And the Giants are going to be in that type of game. The, if you're looking for positives, that's the kind of game you're hoping the Giants are going to be in a lot, right? Giants aren't going to blow out a lot of teams, I don't think. So they're going to have these type of games. And last night, make no mistake, you can cough it up. Well, it's only one week. Hey, you know what? It's the Steelers, and they're really good. Giants had a chance 
to win that game. So the Daniel Jones play is one big one for me. The other one, first quarter, Giants go three and out. They punt the ball away. Steelers fumble the punt. Giants get the ball. You start to feel, you know, like, right, if you're going to script up, how are we going to pull this upset? You got to win the turnover battle. And you get the ball, the Steelers uh, fumble it away, and the Giants get the ball at the three-yard line. And you're, they don't get really anywhere on the first three plays, so they're faced with, what, a fourth down and two, and Joe Judge decides to go for the field goal. You know, as long as Joe Judge showed up to the right stadium last night and was wearing pants, he was going to be the more impressive New York football coach. But for a guy who in his short time here has kind of made his reputation with rah-rah speeches about being aggressive and tough and get punching people in the mouth. You get a gift in the opening minutes of the game, and you settle for a field goal. I don't know. Just kind of seemed weak. I, I would have thought after all the rah-rah speeches, that would have been backed up with a little aggressive choices on the field, showing some faith in my team early on in the game because you get you know you get the field goal okay you get a lead you get a touchdown feels like that changes kind of the course of the game there and and it kind of any you know your team's already fired up for the start of the game but i feel like it shows that you have some faith and confidence in your team and look if you don't get it the worst thing you get is the steelers have the ball at the the 2 yard line to start their next drive and at least early on one of the bigger takeaways was not you know not just the giant takeaway was just how rusty Ben Roethlisberger was in that game. So I know it's the Steelers, but the offensive line that was another issue for the Giants that we'll get into. Saquon Barkley finishing with six yards, not on that drive in the entire game, fifteen carries for six yards. And we talk. I mean, how much time on this station? If you listen regularly, how much time on this station? has been talking about wasting the talents of Sam Darnold, not surrounding him with the talent. I mean, this is Saquon's third year. And look, he, he's been good. Last year, the injury kind of derailed his season a bit, but he's been good in the two years here. But man, oh man, year three, and the Giants' offensive line, at least through one game of the season, has not been good in any of those three seasons for Saquon Barkley. So Jones got sacked three more times, got hit eight times on the night, a lot pressure for him. But I guess my biggest takeaway is that the Giants took three-plus quarters to show who they are, as opposed to the Jets who did that from basically the opening coin toss. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get some phone calls involved, more fallout from the Jets' loss yesterday, because Adam Gase, what's that song uh, from Aerosmith, I Wouldn't Change a Thing? Adam Gase wouldn't change a thing. Eh, play calling? No, I, that wasn't an issue against the Bills. Wouldn't change it. Keep it keep it the same. Keep that energy. What was the Michael Irvin line? Don't, lo- don't lose that intensity? Yeah, don't change a thing, Adam Gase. Uh, plus, yesterday, we got through an entire Gordon Damer show, and at least in terms of content, I previewed that we were going to talk about the Yankees, but we ran out of time. We went through an entire show yesterday, whole 60 Minutes. Didn't discuss the Yankees at all. You didn't think that that was possible, but it happened yesterday. It will not happen. Yeah, no, the Yankees will be back today, and they're back tonight. So that will, uh, I thought you were going to play the It Happened. The It Happened is, I think, the one I was Yes, we made it through 60 minutes and did not really discuss the Yankees at all. But we'll change that today, so we'll get into that. And uh, the poll question. Oh, my goodness, I almost forgot about the poll question. Well, look. 
I don't really think you can make any hard judgments on Joe Judge based on one game. I would like to have been hit, uh, you know, a little bit more aggressive at least to start the game there. You know, you have two drives uh, within the five yard line, and uh, you got three points out of those two. After all the talking about punching people in the face and being aggressive. I would like to see a little bit more aggression on the field. So the poll question is kind of Jets and Giants related. And it is week one, now in the books, right? Will the Jets or Giants ever be back at 500 at any point this season? Either one. I'm not even going to ask you to tell me which one will be. Uh, But Jets, Giants, either yep or nope. So you can vote on the poll question. It's uh, going up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. All right, so uh, lots of stuff to do, and I didn't even mention Steve Cohen. It looks like everything is moving forward, and Met fans, oh my goodness, they're giddy. They're absolutely giddy. But our poll question, which is uh, up for today, on Twitter, in case you don't know, we do a poll question. Have I mentioned that? We do one every single day. And uh, the one today is kind of, you know, looking ahead to the NFL season. One is now done. And while the optimism for Jet fans is certainly not high, and I don't even know if, like, if I gave the Jet fan the option, like, do you want to turn it around this year? Like, as important as year three is for Sam Darnold, at this point, I feel like the strongest feeling that most Jet fans agree with is Adam Gase has got to go, right? That's overwhelming. I mean, I don't know what that would pull at. It would probably push the 90 percentile that Adam Gase has got to go. But if you turn it around this year, like it's very difficult to envision a scenario where Sam plays well, but you continue to lose games. So if I ask the Jet fan in their heart of hearts, you know, you got two buttons in front of you. You turn it around this year, because if you turn it around this year, I know every Jet fan wants Adam Gase out, but if they if they go out and win you know, six, seven games, I don't think he's going anywhere. You know what the Jets are going to tell you. You know what? He's been given a very – this is a long-term rebuild. He won seven games last year. It's been a unique year this year. He only won six games. Like, they'll find a way, especially with the the reduction in in, in, in revenue. They don't want to pay a coach two more years for, for, for nothing. I think he's making five million bucks a year. It's pretty good. It's good that's good cabbage right there. So I wonder if in the heart of hearts of Jet fans, whether they really want to turn it around this year, or would you rather, you know what, let's suck again this year, um, and at least we'll get rid of Gase. So, but that's not the poll question. Anyway. Maybe it should have been. Uh, will the Jets or Giants ever be back at 500 at any point this year? Well, I, I guess it kind of comes to uh, this week, right? Like, if you, if you start out 0-2, given the state of New York football, it's kind of hard to like if the if the Jets this week go out and, and lose the 49ers who lost in week one. So you know, I mean, they they want to turn it around immediately. And the Colts who didn't punt at all in their game against the Jaguars, they're already 0 one, and that's the that's the week three opponent. Boy, oh boy, you, you got to start to find some wins here before too long. So I, I don't know that the Jets are ever going to be back at 500 this year. The Giants, I think, have a little bit better case because they play the Bears this week. Now, you know, Bears defense is pretty good as well, and uh, the Bears are coming off a a win, a shocking win, after trailing by 17 entering the fourth quarter against the Lions, who uh, always seem to blow games in the fourth quarter. So I guess if you're going to vote yes, like, if you're going to do it, you better do it this week, right? Like, if if the the Giants are going to get back to 500 at any point this year— 
it's got to be this week. And it's all well, I mean, it's amazing how we've already been conditioned. And I'm sure, I'm interested to see what the takes are of fans today, 1-800-919-ESPN, uh, as well as the other hosts on the station of how much of a moral, you know, like, is that where we're at with football now? Like, we're into moral victories? Like, right, well, the Giants didn't look terrible. They had some positives. I mean, that's where we're at. Week one of the season, we're just simply, and I, I look, I, I did it as well, uh, you know, comparing the Jets to the Giants after watching that Jet performance on Sunday. Anything's better than that. But it's almost more frustrating the performance the Giants put up yesterday because they at least had a chance to win that game. Now, it wasn't inept. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, bottom basement. But it was still very, very frustrating, I would think, for Giant fans who there was a surprising amount of optimism going into that game. To be going up against the Steelers week one, even at home, Steelers are a team that I don't think is a top-flight AFC team. I don't think they're the Chiefs. I don't think they're the Ravens, but they're the next notch below. And they're a defense that led the league in sacks and fumbles last year. So there was a surprising amount of optimism going into that game. And that optimism was backed up by the Giants' performance for good portions of the game. Unfortunately, the Giants do, uh, they cannot uh, afford, given with where they're at, to make the mistake. I don't think any team can really afford to uh, make the mistakes that they made last night, especially the interception one. Uh, by Daniel Jones uh, on that long drive. That one uh, was an absolute killer and uh, did in the Giants and kind of the, you know, not that the roof caved in, but it certainly, uh, there was a little bit of uh, give up after that. So 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. So I did want to get into some other things this morning as well, including the New York Jets and including Adam Gase. And, uh, you know, I, I brought up earlier about Adam Gase being the problem Lots of people will feel that way, including, uh, of course, our Mike Greenberg, who was talking about how Adam Gase is not just a problem, but is right now the problem. Here's Greeny from yesterday. My children are growing up now, and if I'm fortunate enough that one of them has a a son or a daughter who decides they want to play football, (laughs) and they're in fifth grade and they get their first opportunity to play football, I wouldn't hire Adam Gase to coach that team because he would be in over his head. Adam Gase is the problem with the Jets. They should have fired him last year. It is ridiculous that we are now wasting another season with this guy who anyone who has ever watched football can see cannot coach this team. The players hate him. They don't respond to him at all. And let me tell you something. Sam Darnold came into the league with all the talent and promise in the world, and he is literally moving backwards. You could see it yesterday. Their best receiver had a huge day yesterday. Unfortunately, he did it for the Carolina Panthers. Their best player was all over the field yesterday knocking people senseless unfortunately he did it for the seattle seahawks so that was about as disheartening a day as you could possibly have i don't care how bad anyone else looked yesterday the jets were the worst team in the nfl yesterday and i don't think it was close well i mean i I would i think that the browns would uh would argue with that right i mean their performance against the ravens was uh, just as bad now the ravens i think are a better team so maybe you factor that in. And I found a clip that I posted to my Instagram stories yesterday of uh, Browns fans leaving uh, that game. Uh, or I guess it wasn't the game. It was uh, They were walking around someplace. Or maybe it was an old clip. I don't know. But Browns fans are obviously not very happy with uh, the, the, uh, the performance of uh, their team week one either. Well, look, Adam Gase, uh, when he was hired, I told you there was two major red flags. One, 
falls out of love with players very, very quickly. Guys who are uh, impact players that, uh, you know, one thing goes wrong and he uh, he's quick to cut bait there. Uh, and the other thing is, guys who are supposed to, you know, they get talked up as being part of the solution, part of the process, part of the foundation, and uh, they're gone just as quickly as they get talked up. And the other thing was, and I guess this one's the bigger issue, and it's certainly been the bigger issue with the Jets, nothing has ever been his fault. Nothing. He is able to pass the buck on everything. So as it was uh, detailed by many who uh, cover the team, including Rich Samini, who covers the uh, Jets for uh, ESPN New York, he was, not, uh, he was asked about second-guessing himself after the performance the Jets put up on Sunday. Is there anything that he would have done differently? And his answer was, quote, with what Buffalo, insinuates Buffalo, was calling defensively? No. He said he would have pra- maybe practiced certain things more last week, but that's about it. That he just has to get Sam Darnold more into a rhythm early in the game. Well, I I think that you would like to get him into a rhythm at any point in the game, because I don't think that Sam was in a rhythm at any point in the game. But, I mean, that just kind of shows you that, I mean, whether that's just something that he is just not willing to admit mistakes or whether or not that's what he truly believes, either one is not great. I guess it's bad if you're saying it just to say it because you don't want to admit any culpability. It's even worse, though, if that's what you truly feel. Because I'll tell you, you can come up with a list of everyone who was involved in the game for the Jets on Sunday, and every single person on that list should be saying to themselves, oh my God, I I personally have to do a better job. And that list starts with the head coach. Now, in reference to Greeny's piece about Adam Gase being the problem, I mean, you really can't argue it at this point. He, he is a problem. But again, the problem, and it's not one that you can fix as a fan, but the problem continues to be ownership. Ownership is the biggest problem, even bigger than Adam Gase, because the ownership is the only one that was willing to give Adam Gase a job in that coaching cycle. He wasn't getting another job. You know, when he got let go by Miami, there was some talk about Cleveland. There was some talk about this one or that one. And those those opportunities dried up. Think about that. Even Cleveland wouldn't touch Adam Gase. But Jets' ownership was the one that got wooed by him and and got seduced by him and signed him to a four-year contract. So, uh, again... It's all well and good that you want to, you know, Adam Gase is certainly a problem and has been terrible so far in his time here. And whether or not he turns it around, I don't even know if Jet fans want him to turn it around at this point. If it guarantees that he's gone, I think that they would say, no, I don't want him back. But, you know, with Jets ownership, who's to say, where's that line? Like, if you have the number one pick in the draft, I feel confident that Jets, even Jets ownership would say, you know what, we got to move on from this guy. But anything short of that. I would not be shocked at all because the ownership is just that inept. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. Oh, look at this. Look who's up early this morning. It's our buddy Omar in Brooklyn. Omar, how are you? Hello, hello. good morning. Oh, you're very happy today after that Jets performance on Sunday. Your bills just to be able to be like the Harlem Globetrotters of football on Sunday. People have to figure it out. They're criticizing Josh Allen for two fumbles that uh, that uh, makes the uh, Jets alive on the game. Yeah, well, Josh Allen did more to keep the Jets in the game than the Jets did to keep the Jets in the game. So who was the reason why while the Jets were not in the game? That was Josh Allen, too. 
So well, oh no, look, I'm not saying Josh Allen had a terrible game, but Josh Allen does do things with the football that make you question what the heck's he doing. Uh, oh, uh, listen, yeah, uh, 315 yards, 57, mm-hmm. uh, 59 yards uh, rushing, one rushing touchdown, two touchdown uh, passing. Every day, I'll take it. Every game, every time, any time, 24 hours a day, whenever you want it. This is my quarterback. If he wants to give me this performance every day, I'll take it in every game. All right? Okay, but so I mean, just know, Omar, that. you're not going to be facing the most inept team uh, in the in the NFL. You know, like the, the Jets, at least for they one are, week, the they Boston were inept. The Bills are the reason that they were more inept. People are not understanding that. They well, no, the Bills were superior. part of it, but the Jets were part of it themselves. Uh, they were more superior to them. That's why people are not understanding, and they will show it to you. Next week, your Miami Dolphins. Oh, my! The Dolphins stink, Omar. I mean, look, the the, the Dolphins are terrible. There is an inept an organization as uh, as there is in football. I, I'll be the first to admit that. I I see it every week. So we we will be two and zero. I don't mm-hmm. want no moral victories. I don't know if he can he can get two fumbles. He give me this performance. It wasn't just the two fumbles. It was missing wide open guys. Here's the problem with Josh Allen. And look, Josh Allen, at least right now, is the is the far away winner from that draft class in terms of the quarterbacks, not named uh, Lamar Jackson. But in terms of the guys that were mentioned at the top of the draft, uh, he has he has established himself as a legitimate quarterback. The problem is is that his best plays still come with his legs. They're not with his arm. Now he'll make a throw or two here. But every game, he will have a throw or two, it seems like, where you're saying to yourself, wow, he missed that wide-open guy. And, look, he's shown things, but, again, he makes more plays with his legs than he does with his arm, and he's a little too careless with the football. So what, what does Lamar Jackson make more plays with? He's a, uh, his throw or his uh, legs? Uh, well, I mean, he makes some amazing plays with his legs, but he has been far more impressive, I think, for most on how he throws the football. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, yeah. in the in the playoff, what he has done throwing the ball. Well, look, he hasn't when done he anything in the playoffs. playoff. I mean, look look at your quarterback in the playoffs last year. He was throwing the ball like it was like giveaway day. People are so much in love with Lamar Jackson, and he has choked in two playoffs. But everybody mentioning it, Josh. But, he, but, but he, I mean, Omar, he was also the MVP last year. So the first game last year, Baltimore or, or Ravens are one and zero. Buffalo Bills are one and all. Next week we will see two and all. Josh Allen, Baltimore. Every week I will come to you and I will guarantee you. I'm. I have no doubt. The way Buffalo Bills first plays in the first quarter last uh, yesterday showed me that their potential is so high and they can reach to that potential when they play up to their best. They were sloppy in the third quarter. They, they took a step a little back. I think they need to improve on that. Their sloppiness will go as the season progresses. They are on the Jimmy team, and they will better themselves during, at the end of the season. And I saw New England game and Miami game. People can rave about uh, 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 what's his name, Newton, and this. The Buffalo Bills are superior to New England Patriots. That is given. Okay. Well, look, Omar. Thanks for the call. Look, I think the Bills' window of opportunity is wide open right now, and it really needs to be wide open for Josh Allen to be able to hit it. Because uh, he uh, he misses a lot of those wide open opportunities, Josh Allen. It's it's not. I mean, it's not really even a competition so far, right? Like Josh Rosen is sitting in the stands of games. 
Um, Baker Mayfield is melting. I mean, the only time you see Baker Mayfield do anything good is during the commercial breaks. And Sam Darnold, uh, he's regressing. The only ways he's not regressing is that ways he did not progress, right? Like, I mean, there's lots of things that he needs to progress on that he's not been able to do. And then he has areas where he's regressing in his game as well. So it's not exactly... um, he, he, Josh Allen, it's like uh, he's the uh, tallest little person in the uh, competition, if it's to be politically correct, right? Like it's not much of a competition from that uh, of, those, of those four guys. But at the end of the day, the Bills' expectation is to win, you know, now. I mean, their, their window of opportunity is to win now, right? Tom Brady's out of the division. You expect the Patriots going to take a little step back this year. So you're hoping that the Bills will be able to, if you're a Bills fan, you're going to win the division this year. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. It's one week. I mean, let's not get to, let's not to get too carried away. And the nice thing that Josh Allen had going for him on Sunday was that he was playing the Jets. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to, uh, is it Bill is in East Brunswick. Bill. Uh, yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I- I'm listening to you, and uh, it's a total lack of talent around Arnold. Darnold's not the problem. They didn't oh. give him any weapons on offense. Okay, the so the, the, the so so it, when it, so when he performs there. well, he's the reason. But when he doesn't perform well, it's the weapons. The problem's not Sam Darnold. Give him the weapons. Sam Darnold will be fine. How long is it going to take to get these weapons, Bill? Well, I, from what I hear, they have a number of draft picks. Probably this time next year. Hopefully. Oh, I mean, okay. Because I heard manager, that this time last year. If 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 they don't have the weapons around him. You could have the greatest quarterback of all time. And Bill, did he play well on Sunday? Um, I think he's running uh, scared because of the offensive line. I think he's running scared because nobody can get open. I think he. Uh, I, I really believe that's the problem, and we Bill, all know. That's I think. The I think we need to have. I think we need to have an intervention, Bill. I, I think you have yeah, been. I think you have fallen into evil. the Sam Darnold cult. No, I think he, uh, everything is. Nothing is his fault. He is the reason why these cults, they pop up from time to time. You wonder how people get sucked into them. I think, Bill, you're one of the examples. You remember, I don't, I don't know if you're old enough to remember how badly Phil, how badly Phil Sims played until they got talent around. Sure. Uh, you, You can't, you can't have a talentless football team and expect a 23-year-old kid with all the ability in the world to do anything with that. Bill, with it. Bill it's not nobody's happen. expecting them to be the greatest show on turf. Could they put together a reasonable performance? I mean, they he, can't. He, Stop they can't. Not, nothing, nothing. There's nothing that can be done. He can't raise his level of play. Well, see, no. that's the problem, Bill. The quarterback position is a little different now than it was in Phil Sims' day, right? Like the quarterback no, position not. now, it is. It actually is. The quarterback is supposed to elevate <laughs> the other different. positions on the team. It's not supposed to be the other players on the team elevate the quarterback. You know, listen, if you give me a car without tires, I can't drive the car. This oh, it's it's impossible. He has no tires. tires. He has a running back that's making eleven and a half million dollars. They spent the yeah, entire offseason improving the offensive line. They have a receiver well, in Crowder who, who caught eighty balls last year, and a tight yeah. end that every Jet fan complained, "Oh, we don't have Chris Herndon." I mean, I'm not saying that it's a great Where's offense. The that's the talent. There is talent the on this talent. team. If you give that kid a, 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 a good, solid running attack. Well, then he better get off the Jets, Bill. Bill, no, sorry. You I, he better get off the Jets. Good receivers. A good oh, okay. Well, we'll do, you He's know what, Bill? We'll wait another five years. We'll wait another I'll five years, Bill. Listen, I'll, I'll make a bet with you. When I, uh-huh. when I, when he gets I the bet weapons, I'll never hear again, but go ahead. When, no, when he gets the weapons. 
Uh huh. Oh, happens. okay. Oh, well, okay. So look, Bill, Bill, I'll look, th- thanks, thanks for the call. Okay, thanks for the call. But I'll say this when you have to have, I have to have receivers here, I have to have a tight end, I got to have a perfect offensive line, I got to have a couple of running backs. If you need all that before I know that whether or not you're any good, you got a quarterback problem. You got a quarterback problem. Bill is part of the cult. There's a cult out there. And it happens a lot of times with these charismatic leaders that people get sucked in and they just can't see the forest from the trees. And Bill is a perfect example. It's not Sam's fault. It's not his fault he threw that interception. It's not his fault that he overthrew Chris Hogan on the, on the sideline. It's not his fault that he missed this receiver or that receiver or he's thrown behind this guy or his feet look like, uh, you know, they had a couple of uh, cafe lattes moving around as fast as they are. It's not his fault. Nothing's his fault. Oh, my God. I feel so much better. Don't you feel better? You have to feel better as a Jets fan. It's not his fault. Never his fault. It's, it's amazing. There's, there's guys that fan bases fall in love with so much. They've been promised that he's the guy. He's, they've been promised that he is the guy. So much so that they believe it. And I don't know what. Look, he might be. I don't know. I'm not telling you I know for sure one way or the other. But you can't tell me you know for one, one way or the other. Not based on this. Are you telling me when they drafted him third overall, if I would have been able to fast forward to this point and show you what it looks like, you'd say, yeah, that's okay. That's good. Still the guy. Looking to throw on first down. Jones steps up, launches downfield, and Slayton caught. Touchdown, Giants. And the New York Giants cash in the first deep strike of the season. Yes, and the cyber fans are pumped up. Chris Fowler, the call last night, ESPN TV. Giants get the big touchdown pass there from Sam Darnold. From awesome, Sam Darnold. Oh, my Lord. From Daniel Jones. And uh, things were looking good at that point. At that point. But the Giants go on and lose to the Steelers 26-16. to Your moment of inspiration. Well, look, we had to find something, right? Islanders play tonight. Yankees were off yesterday. Nothing to pick through on the Jets fuselage. I can tell you that right now. So we went with that one, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Tuesday morning. And look, I brought this up on Saturday when I was hosting in the afternoon. I'm starting to think Jet fans unknowingly, like I'm watching this show about Colts right now on HBO, and what it does a great job of is showing you, you know, you see something like a cult, you're like, how do people fall into that? And this show does a, it's called The Vow, does a fantastic, how regular people can kind of get sucked into this thing. And if you're saying, well, Gordon, how is it a cult? How is Sam how is a Sam Darnold cult? What is a cult? A cult is defined by it's a shared commitment to a usually extreme ideology that is typically embodied by a charismatic leader. What does that sound like? And what's the extreme ideology? That Sam is already the franchise quarterback. Nothing's his fault. That he's been failed by the Jets. What are some other characteristics? Typical cult requires a high level of commitment. They usually use both formal and informal systems of influence and control to keep their members obedient with little tolerance for internal disagreements or external scrutiny. What does that sound like? 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The poll question today should have been, is it ever Sam's fault? Is it ever Sam's fault? And newsflash, it is. And you know how you know that? Sam admits that it's his fault. It's crazy. It's craziness. All right. You know what else is crazy? The amount of phone calls people want to get in on this. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to, uh, here's uh, Tony in Staten Island. Tony. Hey, Gordon. How are you today? I'm good, man. Hey, to, to you know, the, the Sam Donald comment, I just want to make my point real quick. And I want to ask one other thing about the NFL real quick. Sure. Uh, it's not uh, Adam Gase's. Uh, it's Sam Donald's feet, yeah. It's not Adam Gase's feet. I think Adam Gase is not communicating well. He's not a good leader. Sam's not responding to the coaching. Uh, you know, let's just cut him a little slack with the offensive line at this point. But, uh, you know, he is still a young player and has promise. Uh, well, look, no one is saying I, – I, I, let me make it clear. I'm not saying it's all Sam's fault or that he would be primarily the person I would put the blame on. But if, I, if I'm cooking up like the top, like we do the top three stories in the morning in the first segment, if I'm cooking up the top three stories, looking at what the top three reasons are, Sam Darnold's play has to be a factor. No, no doubt. No, no okay. doubt. I need some, some surrounding pieces around him. Yeah, he's still young. Sure. He's got promise. And listen, he came into the league rather young. So just to add to that, but hey, uh, I give the co- hey just real quick. I know we're not a college town. I watched some college football this week. I don't know where the NFL is headed, but I give college football about three weeks before this all blows up. You see the postponements. I see all of these get back coaches, and you know what a get back coach is, and all hundred players on the sideline. Nobody has a mask on. They're wearing around their chin. I see it in the NFL happening, and they're going home and wait. Wait, till we have a two and seven team in week nine in the NFL, and nobody cares about social distancing or whatever. And I think that's where, at that point, where it's going to just go, it's going to go bananas. If, if the testing, you know, if they are testing and they are true in broadcasting the testing, and I just want, I think that we're headed for disaster with this football, uh, uh, Gordon. Have a good day. Thanks. All right, Tony. Thanks for the call, man. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Look, when the, when the NFL started and, you know, they said they weren't going to be in a bubble, uh, I thought it was crazy. But, I mean, so far, I mean – Things can always change, right? I mean, and it only takes a very, very little crack for there to be a big blow-up. But uh, it's not happened so far. So, uh, and look, I'm happy the football's back, man. I need, I need a little normalcy. I don't have a whole lot of normalcy in my own brain to begin with. So I need a little from the NFL. It's up to the NFL. It's all your fault. Go, go and get me some normalcy. All right, let's go out to uh, Eric is in uh, Matawan. Eric. Morning, Gordon. How you doing? I'm good, man. What's up? Uh, not much. Listen, uh... Definitely the talent around Sam Donald is, is not good. That being said, he's not making NFL caliber uh, plays. Like, he's making mistakes that you shouldn't even be making in high school. For instance, three, three quickly, three plays. One was the uh, interception where he threw off his back foot across yeah, his body. Yeah, obviously. That's, been, that's something in middle school you clean up. That's something you can't do. He did that his first play of his career in the NFL, and he did it again uh, on Sunday. Now, luckily, it wasn't a pick six. Uh, second play was when he rolled out to the right and uh, no one came back for him to throw the ball. He developed the play. It was good. He tried to get something done. And instead of just popping the ball out of bounds and not taking a sack, he took a five-yard loss out of bounds. Yes, I remember that play. Yep, yep. That is bad. And thirdly, uh, when he came out after a kickoff, I don't know if it was a punt or after a touchdown or two, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, Came out after TV timeout. And first down, we get to the line and delay the game. That's coaching, but that's also quarterback. You cannot come out after a kickoff and get a delay game on first down. It's simply catastrophic to your offense, and 
just it's just not NFL caliber, unfortunately. And I'm a huge Jets fan, believe me. And the talent around him is horrendous, the coaching is horrendous, but he's also not making NFL caliber plays. If you clean up some of those mistakes, it would it would look better at least, but it just doesn't even look anything like an NFL caliber quarterback at the moment. No, and, and you know what, Eric, and those are glaring examples, and thanks for the call. It wasn't even like the other plays that were, you know, there were a couple of clean plays. He had that one pass to um, to Le'Veon Bell, like a, I think it was a 30-yard pass or whatnot. That was pretty. Um, Crowder, you know, bailed him out on one play, you know, short gain, and then he takes it to the house. So there's a couple of plays here and there. But even the other plays, how he's standing in the pocket, it isn't. And, and, and look, the offensive line was not terrible. That was not as as bad as people are people are making it out like he took the snap and he was getting hit play after play after play. The offensive line played fairly well, especially early on on Sunday, and there was no point where on Sunday Sam Darnold looked good. And you know how I mean, it would be one thing if this was really debatable. Sam Darnold is telling you he has he missed too many throws on Sunday. So Yankees back in action tonight. We'll see if uh, the improved play against the Orioles is uh, actually an example of improved play or whether they're just a whole lot better than the Orioles. I think they're clearly better than the Orioles, but whether or not they can get some win against the Blue Jays tonight remains to be seen. And and it feels like, you know, things have stabilized and uh, the Yankees are pointed in the right direction. But of course, that can go south very quickly if they go out and stink up the joint against Toronto. Uh, The one thing that came up yesterday was that Aaron Boone, made clear that Clint Frazier is going to stay the the left fielder even if and when Stanton and Judge return. Well, Jesus, I hope so. Who else would you be giving those at-bats to? Stanton's not playing the outfield when he comes back, assuming he's he comes back and stays back. Talkman's been a disaster. Gardner's not been any better. And outside of DJ and maybe Luke Voigt, Clint's been the most consistent force in the lineup. I mean, the one area that he really needed to improve from last year was patience at the plate. He already has as many walks this year as he did all of last year. And I think in like more than or less than half the amount of games. Clint Frazier's been fantastic and has established himself and should never play another minor league game. So, yeah, I would hope he's going to. I mean, the fact that that was still a question is concerning. But good morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Just to kind of recap uh, from last night, Giants lose the Steelers 26-16. And uh, the best thing you could say for the Giants last night was they played the day, the day after the Jets. The Giants have petitioned the NFL to always follow Jets games this year because compared to the Jets, everything is better. Joe Judge showed up to the correct stadium and was, in fact, wearing pants so last night, that that helps, right? That that makes him already, just by those two facts alone, the best football coach in New York. And the Giants players not only looked like they played football before, but kind of had an idea of what they were doing last night. The quarterback did not miss wide-open receivers, uh, and the team was actually in the game after halftime. Now, there was not all positives, because, again, uh, this is not a league for moral victories. Daniel Jones' second interception, second interception was inexcusable. Uh, I get the Steelers, it, you know, their defense is great, but the offensive line still looks like to, to be a problem. And uh, I did point out, you know, Joe Judge, you're not going to judge him on one game. But after all the rah-rah talk, you know, breaking down practice, starting practice over, I'd have liked a little bit more aggression after you get a gift right at the start of the game and you settle for a field goal. I would have preferred that you went for it on fourth and two. But, look, the Giants took three quarters to show kind of what they were last night. Uh, a day after the Jets showed, basically right away. All right, let's squeeze in some more calls. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. Let's go out to uh, Frank. Is in Jackson. Frank, go. 
Hey, how's it going? I just wanted to talk about uh, the Jets. You know, rooting for them is like a wet fart. You know, the top has got to be the point that we need to talk about. Gase, Miami didn't want him. His players didn't like him. The Jets beat the guy. The guy had a losing record, but the Jets go and get him anyway. Yeah, well, look, no, I think that uh, he actually beat the Jets quite often. I mean, I think the Jets, I know one year they beat them uh, when they, that was the year that everybody thought they were tanking. Frank, thanks for the call. Um, and um, that was one win that the Jets were able to get that year. But uh, no, Gase is not, uh, it's pretty pretty clear now, he's not a good head coach. And um, it remains to be seen whether or not there will be a change made. If you get a couple more games like Sunday, a change will be made. Uh, well, look, I mean, I, I want to keep the show going, but we're already out of time for the day. It's crazy that we how quick the show flies by. But uh, the poll question today is not, is it ever Sam's fault? Maybe tomorrow we'll do that. Maybe the poll question tomorrow will be, is it ever Sam's fault? Is he is he blameless? Uh, but no, it's uh, week one is in the books. Will the Jets or Giants ever be back at 500? Please vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gordon Damer. And we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.